This week's podcast brought to you by Bum Bags. Our son is going to baseball camp this week, and he earns a baseball card for every time he can stump the instructors with a trivia question. So every night we have to come up with a couple of good trivia questions for him to stump the coaches with. And tonight, driving back from his Little League game, we were talking about this baseball trivia stuff, and our seven-year-old daughter in the car overhearing this said, Dad, isn't there a baseball player in MLB named Belgian Waffles? And I said, no, sadly, there isn't a baseball player named Belgian Waffles. And she said, there's not. And I said, I wish there were, but no. And she said, oh, I thought there was. And I said, what made you think that? And she said, well, I thought I heard you talking once about a player in MLB called Belgian Waffles. And the nearest thing I can think of is perhaps she heard me talking about Cocoa Crisp. <laughs> Saying says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. Road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. It feels so good to be back in basement after you and I were both on vacation last week, albeit in two different continents with two different, each of us had two of our children, but it's it's nice to be back in basement. And was it nice to be on separate vacations? Actually, it was it was great to be on separate vacations. It was it's the first time you and I have ever done that. We have individually taken a kid somewhere for a couple days for a variety of reasons, but we have never had separate family vacations. Would you would you like to do it again? <laughs> Starting tomorrow. So, it, so was were these separate vacations, or was it more of a trial separation? <laughs> right. Yes. That which kids would like to go live with daddy, and which would like to be with mommy. No, it worked out perfectly because I took our younger two, our seven and nine year olds, to Orlando to Disney World. My sister and her husband and their two kids who are younger were were on that trip with us and uh and you were in london with the two older kids and what was nice well, about well, well i was in london with the three older kids our 13 right. year old and our 11 year old daughters and our 76 year old father-in-law my father yes um well it, what was good about it was going to disney world especially when you have kids of varying ages and kids who like different rides which our four kids do it we would have broken up the second time the second we entered the park anyway because you know we would have had a couple kids who wanted to go on on all the coasters and then two who would not have and um and it, it so it ended up being in terms of that it ended up being um, a smart thing to do and you too i mean you and my 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 dad now have people had people to ride on all of the roller coasters in London with you. Well, we, we rode the tube uh, much, much frequently. So um, it was great. And um, there was a nice moment early on in the trip when uh, your dad, whose phone was disabled overseas, he, he could only use it on Wi-Fi because of his calling plan, didn't allow him to make calls or text overseas, I guess. Um, he got a text when we were on Wi-Fi at the hotel in the hotel bar. 
and he uses voice to text. So in this bar, he responded to this text with, I'm sitting in a pub in London with my son-in-law. Bink. And I thought that was a nice little moment. <laughs> Perhaps he wasn't even texting, voice texting anybody. He was just saying it for, uh, just for my gratification. Where were the 11 and 13-year-olds when you and my dad were sitting together in the pub in London? They were also sitting in a pub in London having okay. a pint of, of, of uh, Camden Town Hell's Lager. No, nothing? Nothing. Okay, go on. <laughs> Well, there are a few things. I mean, we're going to bounce back and forth, but there are a few things that, um, that you know, are going to jump right out at you when you're on vacation and when, and when you're at Disney. And it was hot in Orlando. It was really humid. And um, one of the, the favorite things I saw, and this just kind of tells you about everyone in Disney World, and it tells you about parents and kids these days, was there was a little girl, I would guess she was five years old. And she was in full princess regalia. She was in full. I knew as soon as you said full princess, it was going to be followed by regalia. regalia. Yes. She was wearing her Cinderella blue princess dress with all the frills and, and, you know, just head to toe. Her hair was done. She was holding the wand and she was sitting in a stroller, but the stroller wasn't what you and I would think of as a stroller. It was a princess carriage. It was a princess carriage stroller. It was huge. It was ornate and clipped to part of the inside of the, of the princess carriage, miniature princess carriage, was a, a battery-operated fan that was blowing on her while her father was pushing her in this 95-degree heat. And I was just like, you know, I want, it, I want Disney World to be a great experience for our kids, too. But there was just something I, I was really disappointed in myself that I didn't get a picture of this because I would have loved to have posted it. Not, not of the girl, but just of the carriage. This is, you know, parents and kids in 2018 is a dad pushing his princess in her carriage while she's being fanned. And he's, you know, schlubbing through the heat of Disney World. It's also a vision of our not-too-distant future. I'm seven years older than you are, and I expect and hope one day you'll be pushing <laughs> me around Disney in an ornate princess stroller <laughs> while a f my personal fan blows on me. And while you're holding your wand. <laughs> well. well, hopefully not. <laughs> but uh, it was just, there was a lot of that kind of thing. The, the, the there, also, there were also a lot of elective sort of motor scooters at Disney for people who are just oh, too yes. tired to walk around. And I remember the last time we were there, um, I hearing a, a watch chime alarm go off and it was 5 p.m. And at 5 p.m., the the woman who was in the, uh, the motorized rascal stopped, got out of the rascal, and her husband who was walking by her side got into the rascal and then she started walking by his side. They were doing it in shifts? Yes. The, the, the rascal shifts? Well, Rascal the, shifts. I, they're my favorite country band, by right, the way. There you go. From one rascal to another, we were... My sister had made reservations for us at the Magic Kingdom to have a dinner with the characters. That's how it was billed, a dinner with the characters. I, I had nothing to do with this um, uh, in terms of the reservations. So we rushed there one day to get there for our five o'clock reservation. And when you when you get there, we're afraid we're going to be late. The woman looks at us and says, uh, okay, you've checked in now. Hopefully we'll call your name within 15 minutes. You're like, okay, that's how this works here. So you're, you're at the restaurant in Disney and there's a porch with seats and it's a full of people waiting. They've already checked in, now waiting for their name to be called 20 minutes after the reservation. 
for time that they'd made. But so we're walking down to try to find a seat. It's hot again. It's just hot. People are tired. There's a bench and there's probably, I'd say a boy who is nine years old laying on the bench, taking up what would be five seats for people. And we have our family. There's seven of us total with, with, with me and the kids and my sister and the kids. And the boy's dad or mom never told him to sit up and make room for people. Fortunately, another bench emptied and so people could sit down. Or else I might have said something to the kid like, sit up so people can... Like, what are the, was what he, the was parents he thinking? He was just laying there. Boy spreading? Yeah, yes, exactly. He was boy spreading. But um, I, I, I just don't understand, you know? Like, if that was our son, first of all, I wouldn't let him lie down when a bunch of people of various ages and shapes and sizes are trying to find a seat having having just described a parent pushing around a princess in a stroller with her own personal fan are you really (laughs) asking me how does this happen how do you think it happens no i know i know it's um and you know our kids overall were well behaved of course they had their moments because you know you're walking a ton and you're in the heat and and there's a lot going on um but hopefully, you know, we we controlled the things we could control, like making them only take up one seat when they when they sat down um, when they sat down anywhere. That dinner was a buffet with characters, and and that's all it's billed as, and you don't know which characters are going to be there. And it just happened that the four characters that were there, our kids had no idea who they were. It was... They weren't even Disney characters. They were just characters. Right, right. They were just characters. That, that guy's a real character. Right. It was uh, Piglet and Eeyore, oh. which our kids should know, of course. And and finally, when Winnie the Pooh came out at the end, they did know Pooh. But, but, but there's like a handler for these characters. And they come by and say, you know, the character, each character will come by your table, <clears throat> will come by your table at some point. So have your cameras ready. It could take an hour and a half for them to make the full round. And, um, and our kids didn't. You know, we got pictures with a couple of them, but they didn't particularly care about that. But uh, and then, you know, there was this buffet that was unbelievably expensive um, that we didn't realize how much it cost until until it was done. But uh, but it was, you know, the kids got to see the characters. We had our dinner and um, and then we got to go ride some rides. You had Winnie the Pooh at, at Disney. We also had a character wearing a shirt and no pants come by us but that was on the uh, london underground there you go <laughs> were you minding the gap was, was he minding the gap <laughs> i was minding his gap i can yes. tell you that <laughs> did you really have somebody with no of course not of oh, course okay. not no, no. We, we didn't even have we didn't even have boy spreading on the tube it was everybody was was very well behaved we took the tube constantly and it was very efficient and it gets uh, bad mouthed frequently from people who have to commute on it every day but we were we were big fans i've and, only been on the tube once I've only been to London one time, and I remember it being much more confining feeling no, the than the New York subway. Like it no. just, I just felt a little more claustrophobic well, on the tube than I did in the subway. Is that not no? A good, it's not the case. I've been to London thirty-five times, and and that's uh, I find no difference in claustrophobia between the tube and the subway. But um, we uh, we stayed in the heart of central London in Mayfair, and um, outside of our window, our hotel window, I was sharing a room with our two daughters. I was sharing a single bed with our 11 year old so it was the sleep was not exactly the two of you were in a single bed more or less yeah Mm. and um we were looking out across the street uh on a during the day it was just a a blank spot of pavement 
a, an empty spot of pavement that said motorcycle parking only. It was usually empty, but at night, that bay of motorcycle parking only would fill up and, and there'd be a lot of motorcycle revving late night. And What this, were people parking there for? Was there I think restaurants just, or bars nearby? Or oh, what yeah, was, yeah, sure, yeah. yeah. And, um, but um, the, the second night we were, we were there, as all of this was happening, it was maybe 11 p.m., I was trying to get the kids down, and our 11-year-old said, sighed and said, it's like people are having some kind of a honk-off out there. <laughs> now understand she's not used to the, the hurly-burly of city life right. uh, on a daily basis. The second night we were there, and, and the kids loved, loved London. We had a great time. The second night we were there, the same thing, about 11 p.m., I'm trying to get them lights out, TV off. And uh, and the eleven year old said, "I guess it's honk o'clock again." <laughs> or as around here, if she was saying something something was having a honk off, it would actually be geese right. who were uh, getting ready to fly somewhere. So that's perfect for her. I don't know if you experienced this. This happened because, of course, at Disney, there you know, there's a lot of people. And um, there's one point I was walking and I was thinking, you know, there's now laws against distracted driving and there should be laws against distracted walking because we would be walking and, and you know how it is if you're in the mall or anywhere where there's a lot of people and you get stuck behind a group of people and you can't maneuver but this was even worse because the people were distracted they're looking at their phones they're they're checking their fast passes they're they're doing whatever they're swerving all around and sometimes they're pushing a a giant uh carriage or stroller and um you know, what if there was some sort sometimes, of... Sometimes they're in the middle of the changing of the rascal. Yeah, right. we, we saw the changing of the guard in London. You yes. saw, witnessed the changing yes. of the rascal. Both happen at 5 p.m. Yes. You know, there, what if there was, you know, uh, security on foot just patrolling the park and they're just handing out tickets for distracted walking? I think in certain situations that might be a benefit to all people. And in London, and I'm sure it's the same at Disney, there was also the issue of, of uh, selfie sticks. I think it's probably not as bad as it was maybe a couple of years ago, but still at the Tower of London or uh, Buckingham Palace or any kind of iconic tourist site, the number of people with selfie sticks taking, you know, putting themselves in the foreground of, if I want a picture of Tower Bridge or a picture of Big Ben, Big Ben was entirely under scaffolding, by the way. It looks like Minecraft Big Ben, so that was a bit of a, a laugh for us, but um it's, it's as if no uh, kind of great postcard site around the world is worthwhile unless it features a picture of the tourist in the foreground of it. Well, what's interesting about that, though, is I didn't. I didn't see a single person using a selfie stick. They must stick be banned at Disney. When I, was at, when I, I can't tell you the last time I saw someone using a selfie stick. I mean, see people constantly taking selfies. Um, but I don't see people using selfie sticks very much. And of course, you and I don't need them. Well, one, we don't really take selfies. But if we did, we have our arms. We have our genetic all, selfie all, sticks all, that are all long All of the enough. people I saw using selfie sticks also had arms. Right. But I'm just saying ours are so long yes. that we can take pictures that aren't horribly close. But, but also, uh, we, we, don't have, we don't have the uh, desire to... I would rather take a picture of this great cityscape from... You know, the top of Primrose Hill in London, then have that in the background and my 
gigantic Macy's float of a melon in the foreground. <laughs> but I, I may be in the minority there. You all, I think you probably are. The other sort of thing that got me about tourism, and uh, we went to uh, the Warner Brothers Studios in suburban London where the Harry Potter films were made. All of the sets are still intact, and you can it's now a, a big a glitzy tour. It's a lot of fun. It's the second time I've, I've done that with uh, one or both of the kids of, of the older girls. And um, we went to um, the Tower of London where there were, a lot of, there were a lot of kids on field trips at the Harry Potter studios. There were a lot of kids on field trips at the Tower of London. There were a lot of kids on field trips at the London Eye, the giant Ferris wheel. And I think it was at the London Eye, maybe the third of these three things that we went to, where, again, our 11-year-old sighed and said, great, more toddlers in reflective vests because <laughs> all of these all of these groups uh, either had uh, purple or yellow baseball caps or reflective vests, something so that the chaperones could could keep track of all this. In fact, your father, school teacher, said, I thought I, re- I, I thought when I retired I was escaping all of this because we did constantly feel like we were chaperoning a field trip. Well, th- it's funny that you say that because at Disney there weren't any, you know, school trips because because school school is out. But there were a ton of families that would have matching shirts. Um, we saw this one group, and we were talking to them actually while we were waiting for that that dinner with ca- the characters buffet. Um, and there was fifteen of them, and they all had red shirts that said, you know, two thousand and eighteen Disney. Uh, Might have had their family name on the background, but oh, I'm sorry, on the back of the T-shirt. And but there were quite a few groups like that that seemed to be either family reunions or large family groups and what would our shirt be if we were gonna go to disney would we i just i mean i know we would never do this but just, let's just pretend we had like what would our what would our shirt say i think i think this would be a fun fun thing put us all in fluorescent shirts because you know it's really hard for our kids to find you and me as we tower over everyone but else you're but, gonna have you but just by raising this and i don't know what our shirts would say but just by raising this specter now of course we're gonna have to get those shirts have them made and and, and go uh, on our separate vacations and go on our separate vacations yes <laughs> and take pictures with selfie sticks and send them to one another um well one of the beauties of of being in at disney is because i work for espn i'm a disney employee i do get to get into the parks for free and our kids got to get in and my sister and and her family with me. And then when I'm at the parks, I get um, a discount at certain places if I show my employee badge, which I had with me. People don't realize this, and spoiler alert, and I probably shouldn't be giving these away, away these trade secrets, but Rebecca for three months of the year when she's not broadcasting basketball, is goofy <laughs> at Disney World. No, I am actually one of the lesser princesses that we brought up on an earlier uh, podcast. But um, so I was going up to buy something small. I don't remember what it was, but it was at a Disney store in Epcot. And my sister was behind me and she was going to get something else. And so I show my employee badge and, and so they scan it and I get, you know, whatever percent off the item I'm getting. And so my sister was getting a, I think a t-shirt. So I hand the guy the t-shirt. I give him my badge. This is a separate transaction. She hands me $20. And the guy said to me, "Um, I'm sorry, I can't do this. I saw her hand you the $20. I know this isn't for you. And I said, okay. And I handed my sister back her $20. I reached into my wallet and I took out $20. And then the transaction was okay. And of course, immediately, as walking, as we're walking away, my sister handed me the twenty bucks. So they're very strict there. Clearly, that 
you ha that has to be for you. Even if I was buying a tiny little thing for a two-year-old, you know, whatever it was. Or it, if you were buying it yourself and you then gave it to your sister of course, of later course, as a present. Of course. But, you know, this this was one of those, pe one of those people in, in the world who he was going to follow the rules. That was the but rule. It, he saw her give me the $20, so he could not allow the transaction to sound, go through. It sounds like this is the guy who should have had the badge. He should have been flashing the badge and saying, excuse me, I just saw what happened oh, there. right. It sounds right. like some kind of illicit transaction. Right, exactly. Do, do so. you flash the badge like a, uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> flash the badge like a um, like a TV detective from the 70s? Well, actually, I shouldn't call this one a badge. This one more is just like a little license or credit card looking thing. I do, however, have a what I would more describe as a badge that I use when I go to Bristol to get in. It's it's, I show it to the security guard when I go through. He takes it and like swipes it. It I put it up to the doors. You know when I'm going in and out. And and when you go in, even when you've used the badge, every entrance there's a, still a security person sitting there. So you do you kind of give them the, the nod, the hello, and show them and, your and show what, them your badge and flash your badge. And, and, flash and, your and, badge. and when you're no longer working there for whatever reason, will they rip the badge off with the sound of ripping Velcro in a ceremony of, of humiliation? Well, it's, it's, it's not, a, it's one of the, you know, that clips to your pants or clips to your shirt or whatever. I think they immediately make it so that it doesn't, doesn't work anymore. Actually, that makes me think of, of this. And we have not talked about this before on a podcast that's actually aired. But the the holster for the cell phone, um, you and I were having this conversation recently, but I got a new case for my cell phone and I was at Best Buy looking at looking at different cases. And, and the guy who was helping me said, well, you know, this one is is good, but it doesn't have the the holster to put on your belt. Was the guy and, who was telling you this wearing a holster? <laughs> I don't know. But he did. He did say to me, he's like, but most women don't use that anyway. And and most people don't use that. I don't know that when the last time was that I saw someone I, put their phone into a holster that was attached to their belt. I, you used to see it more often, as with the selfie stick, but uh, you still do see it. I particularly see it if a guy is wearing khakis, perhaps pleated khakis, and a, and a golf shirt with his corporate logo on it, standing and waiting for a rental car. I would say nine times out of 10, that person still has his cell phone holstered to his belt loop or to his belt. But that's that's the one that, that is a little confusing because if you're wearing the khakis, khakis generally have generous pockets. Maybe you're afraid that when you sit down, the, the phone is going to fall out of your pocket. I just wonder, you know, what is the benefit? I should try it. Since, since the, phone, the phone case that I ended up getting did come with it, maybe I should try that just for a day. I'll wear the, um, the the phone holster on my belt and see if it changes my world. <laughs> there, there was a Civil War general uh, fighting for the Union named Generous Pockets, I believe, too. <laughs> Pockets with two Ts. Oh, that would be a good rapper name, too. It would be. But... Um, or even better, you should. We should both do it. Like just as let's let's do this as a a um a couple's marriage bonding thing. One day we'll e each of us will wear the uh, the full. If, if we ever have to update or refresh the ball and chain logo, we'll get uh, have Eric Panky draw us as uh, full body with a phone. generously pocketed khakis <laughs> with phone holsters. You know what? Eric is so talented. He would make that look pretty appealing. <laughs>
when we when we got on the plane to return from Orlando back home, went to row eight or whatever it was, and I was sitting next to our seven year old, and she looked at me and she said, "Where's the seat for the first student?" And I had absolutely no idea what she was talking about. And um, where's the seat for the first student? And then she looked to the front of the plane, and I realized I said, "Oh." you mean where is the first class? And she said, yes. And uh, there wasn't one because we were on JetBlue and JetBlue doesn't have a first class. But yeah, in her brain, that's where the first student goes. So I don't know if it's the, you know, like they have line leaders at school or if it's the, the kid who has the best grade in the class gets is referred to as the first student. But in her world, in her seven-year-old brain, that's what allows you to sit in the the first class on airplanes is is you are the first student. Well, m- my planes, of course, traveling overseas did have first class and also business class. I know this because as I walked past business class, not even allowed to see first class, of course, which required a left-hand turn on the plane uh, on my way to coach, uh, I settled into my seat. And this is on the way back from Heathrow to Boston. They made an announcement. We boarded at 8.45 in the morning. Flight was at 9.30. After they had taken drink orders in first class and business class, they had to make it a PA announcement. And th- that announcement was, again, 8.45 a.m. Again, flying east to west. How many hours west. is it when you're it's about, going? It's about seven. Okay. Flying east to west, so we're flying all day into the sun. Take off at 9.30. We land at noon at Logan. They made the announcement that said, um, for all of those who have ordered gin and tonics, we apologize. This plane was catered without any tonic. (laughs) And a a low-level grumble went up through the cabin in front of us. But we took off without incident, without further incident, uh, that you would have to have your gin straight at at 8.45 in the morning. But, But after we took off, they fed us some little breakfast pastry thing. And, of course, took drink orders with the breakfast. And uh, the people in front of me, people all around me, uh, naturally ordered wine with their breakfast. Seriously? Of course. Well, what would, that makes me think, though, what would be the secondary use of gin? Like gin and tonic is the one you think of. You know, I think of well, Snoop Dogg gin and juice. No, but I, what you, think of, the... you think of Snoop Dogg gin and juice. I think of Billy Joel making love to his tonic and oh, gin. right. Which was... <laughs> Perhaps reaching for the rhyme there. Do a lot of people order a, a T and G? They do in, in, for the piano man. Um, Perhaps it was Paul, the real estate novelist, right. who ordered that. We're still not sure what that is. But, but we still both agree that's a terrific song. Even that's a, those, it's a great those song. Those two parts of the my song. Only, my only quibble with the song is if Paul really was a real estate novelist, he would have plenty of time for a wife. <laughs> What exactly is a real estate novelist? Have we ever figured that out? Oh, I wasn't planning on bringing this up, but I think I must. So I left for Disney World on a Thursday. You left for London midday the next day on Friday for Boston to, to, to go to London. So I came home. I left a day before you and I came home a day before you. And it was very clear to me that... This is the first time that you, I have not been the one who kind of takes care of the house before we go on a vacation. So I got home and, and, you know, we're still kind of on the high from our vacation and I'm walking through the door, you know, whistle while you work, 
all happy and come in and whistling Disney tunes whistling and happy and with the kids and it's been a great vacation and so relaxing and this is awesome and the first room I walk into is is the mudroom and I see our son's dirty baseball pants shoved in his locker and he has a game that night so I'm thinking oh that's a bummer I gotta make sure to do laundry but okay I'm whistling while I work and then I look down and our seven-year-old's backpack from school from the week before sitting there with her lunchbox in it with still all of her old lunch stuff from the week before because you hadn't emptied that before before you left and so I'm like all right I'm still singing but maybe I'm not whistling anymore <laughs> so then I go in into the kitchen and and uh and I open the refrigerator for something and in front of me is like guacamole from the week before a couple hamburgers from the week before like a bunch of stuff that should have been thrown away and put in the you know in the outdoor garbage i was refrigerating i was refrigerating the garbage no, as we often do because no. rather than have it in a, in a garage garbage can where it's 100 degrees no. let's refrigerate the garbage so that it doesn't but we rot. were going to be gone we had somebody our, our neighbor kindly agreed to take our trash they, out for us while we were gone but so all of a sudden I'm home from my from my happy vacation, and within minutes, I'm slapped back into the reality of, my, all right, I've got to do laundry, and then I'm cleaning out the fridge. I'm taking stuff out to the trash. I'm immediately sort of in this sour mood and, beca- and, because these are all the things – if. When we go on vacation, you don't even you're not even aware of this stuff because when we go on vacation together, this is all the stuff I do that you don't realize gets done. Like I make sure all the laundry's done before we go, so when I come home, things things are ready. I make sure the house is clean, so when I come home, it, it looks nice. I make sure the fridge is empty, so when I come home, I don't have to clean it. And those are things that you don't even realize get done so when you got home from london all that stuff was done things were great because no, i no, had no. done those. i want me to just say when you came home to the buzzkill of the end of your vacation it was also the buzz killing end of my vacation because you began immediately to text me where is this thing what is that thing where is this you absolutely did. I, did i can I produce the text for, for i can produce okay. the text for you well that's because oh it was probably because i had to get our our son had a baseball game and i needed to know where his baseball bag was that's what the and, text and was and immediately took me out of my blissful vacation and and put me back into the mundane workaday world of uh of domestic life and perhaps that's why we because, took be, separate vacations right right exactly well you, you were ripped out of your vacation by having to respond to my text i was ripped out of my vacation mentality by having to do laundry and clean but, the but, fridge but and your vacation was over and... your vacation was over and mine wasn't it's okay if that's how if that's how you want to look at it. Well, it's not, not how I want to look at it. That's, it's how it it's was. how it was. How about next time I'll help you clean out the fridge? <laughs> that would be a nice thing for you to say. <laughs> Just quickly, the night before I left for Disney, I worked a game at the Mohegan Sun, a basketball game. And when I was there, two in- interesting interactions with people. One was a woman who came up to me and uh, she shook my hand and said, it's so good to see you alive. And of course what she meant was it's good to see you in person, but it kind of took me back. It's so good to see you alive. And it, I was just wanted to ask her, did you have a dream where I was no longer alive? Why is it so good to see me alive? And and she the, the earnesty with which she said it. And then earnestness, what would it be? The 
earnestness. Yes. The earnestness, not the earnesty. And um, earnesty. Yeah. <laughs> earnesty. <laughs> Such a lonely. Uh, it's another Billy Joel reference. There you go. And then I had another. I was I was walking through the casino to um to get to the arena, and a and a gentleman came up to me, and he said, "Rebecca, I have a dollar bill that your mother signed." And he said, "When she was the Treasury Secretary." When, 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 yes, right. When it was good to see her alive, he had a dollar bill that she signed, and he said, um, "Would you like it? I, I've been thinking that you might like it. If I brought it to you, would you like it?" And I said, "Sure." Then later on in the day at the game, he did not bring me the dollar bill, perhaps because he realized it was worth a dollar. <laughs> but but, uh, not- but that's something that no one, you know, we take we've talked lots here about people returning stuff to me. No one has ever returned to me a piece of money, especially one that was signed by Ruth Ann Lobo. And interestingly, now I know the origin of this, every morning when I wake up, usually half an hour after you wake up, you say with with surprise and and a tinge of, of non-earnestness, it's good to see you alive. Right. <laughs> well, that's, uh, yeah, exactly. That's when it's, um, when you finally emerged from, from, from upstairs and come downstairs. Is that one of my annoyed phrases? It's good to see you alive, kids. Look, your father is alive. Well, <laughs> can you imagine if that if I was that woman? If you were married to someone who would actually do that? <laughs> well, uh, when you mentioned earnesty, it made me think that we did get a viewer mail. I'm not going to get into the viewer mail yet, but we did get a viewer mail. I think while we were gone on vacation, uh, I believe from our correspondent, the dorky diva, who uh, mentioned that one of us, and it had to have been you, used the word increasement. In a recent podcast, I don't. No, I don't. I didn't say increasement. I think you did. I don't it, think so. It must have been something that was misheard because that's not even a word mm, that I would. Well, it's all. It's all that I would accidentally say. That's well. It's all. It's all out there. On it's, uh, it is all out so, there. Somebody can send us. I, uh, and frankly, I think it ought to be a word. An, an increasement in um, earnings or something like an that. Increasement in earnesty. Yes. I would like <laughs> the, to see an increasement in. That's earnesty. what. That's what's troubling. America right now is we need an increasement in earnest. Yes. <laughs> you know what we need a decreasement in is uh, is people on planes when you land because this happened to us both. Applauding? Uh, no. Yes, that too. But that this didn't happen when when we flew both to Orlando. Most of the planes I'm on, people are too bombed to applaud right. when the plane lands <laughs> or even aware of it. They're just going to grab their drink and miss and their their hands uh, clap. But. Both times they're, they're making love to their tonicless gym. <laughs> Both times we were going somewhere where people weren't connecting. When we flew to Orlando, that's a destination. People are not connecting there. That's another problem. Our people aren't connecting. But go on. <laughs> okay. And coming home, no one ever connects in Bradley. That's your final destination. And so we landed in both places and you know, we're in the middle of the plane with the kids waiting our turn to get off and there's people in the rows behind us just charging ahead as if we're just planning to hang out. And and I've had it happen going through Detroit or Minneapolis or Atlanta or whatever, where you wait because there's people trying to catch, um, get their connections and maybe the flight's delayed and you let them go. They're doing the swim move past you. Yeah, but but in some situations, I totally understand. They're trying to make a flight and, it, and if you're not, um, then that's fine. But that wasn't the case. And, and oftentimes it was older older people and they were trying to like sw- and swim past the kids, like push the kids to the side so what? So you can get off the plane three minutes faster than us? That was a that was a little bit frustrating. <laughs> Especially when they're going to the baggage claim or, or someplace where everybody's waiting ag- again. Right, exactly. I understand if your bladder's exploding. 
and perhaps for all these people they were. Can I share with you what, what I've found in my spam folder lately? I, I finally opened, um, I got a new computer because I really needed one, a new laptop. My, my other one was quite a few years old. And I've been going through a bunch of folders and deleting stuff. Well, I just in the last couple of days in my spam folder, I've gotten some interesting emails. I think this should be a segment, actually. Like, I don't know if you get interesting stuff in your spam folder, but this I should be- I don't check a, my spam folder. Oh, well, then, then there you go. You probably do get really interesting stuff. But this was a new one, the, this, this email that I got for plus size lingerie. So there is some bot out there that not only thinks I'm plus size, but that I need some new lingerie in my life. There was the email that is selling me a, a diet where by drinking lots of French wine, you can get a flat belly. So, but then if I did that, I would no longer fit in my plus size lingerie. And then of course- I, I, I would actually be interested in both of those things if you could forward them. <laughs> I will. And uh, then, when, when are you going out of town next? <laughs> uh, tomorrow. And um, and then finally, because I get all kinds of stuff for seniors, this one, I got things, senior discounts you need to know about. So um, I, I don't know if I get a discount on the plus size lingerie or the wine that gives me a flat belly. But uh, but if you take a little stroll through your spam folder, it, it could be delightful. Well, they... Um, at, at the Warner Brothers Studios in Watford, England, they have um, the, the Dursley's house at 4 Privet Drive where they shot the exteriors of the Harry Potter movies that required the Dursley's house. When I was there four years ago with our oldest daughter, you couldn't go in the house. Now you can go in the house. And when you walk into the house, that first kind of family room, they have the fireplace where all of the invitations to Hogwarts came flooding down the chimney and through the fireplace and through the letterbox. And they have constructed it in a way that all of those letters are dangling from you know fishing line or something from the ceiling and, and everywhere and it just reminded me as it does when that when I see that scene in the movie or read that scene in the book of you talk about senior discounts of the AARP notices that come down the chimney through the letterbox you know through the uh, fireplace all that stuff when you turn 50. You and got we, a new one. I've this managed week. to ignore them. You got a new one this past week I, I put it right in the recycling I didn't even show it to you but it was a eight and a half by 11 envelope that had uh, something that said, you know, certificate inside. And they're trying everything just to get people to open the envelope as if well, wh when you open the envelope or if you do that, you will inevitably well, sign up to this, become a member. This brings up an interesting uh, point that they offer you a the ultimate AARP uh, premium, which would be an AARP fanny pack. And when we were in when we were in London, the kids noticed when we were at we went to Emirates Stadium to the Arsenal Superstore, for instance. We're Arsenal fans, and uh, and there were uh, Arsenal fan, and one of the kids said, "Look, Arsenal fanny pack." And a guy who worked there, who was being gregarious, said, "Oh, did you see the did you see this the new line of Arsenal bum bags?" And they thought it was hilarious that they're called bum bags over there because fanny is a rude word in the UK, much more of a rude word than it is here. And uh, I know this because I heard our 13 year old telling her 13 year old friend the same thing. Okay. She said, Fanny's a terrible yeah, word yeah. over there, so they call them bum bags. Yes, well, bum bag is also a better phrase than right, Fanny Park, I think. But we were in a, uh, we, went to, uh, we went to the Abbey Road Studios. We went to the Abbey Road Crosswalk, paid our respects to the Beatles. And, um, and uh, not far from there on Baker Street, where Sherlock Holmes's 
fictional address, 221B Baker Street is, and there's long lines of tourists to tour the Sherlock Holmes Museum. Uh, across from, next to the Sherlock Holmes Museum is a Beatles memorabilia store, and across from that is a rock and roll memorabilia store owned by the same people. We went into both of them, bought some fridge magnets and trinkets, and, uh, but one of the things they had in this rock and roll memorabilia store, and our 13-year-old uh, pointed it out, I thought, very poignantly, she, she said, look, Dad, a Sex Pistols fanny pack. <laughs> so you know you're old. Speak Tying all this all together with bum bags and AARP, you know you're old when there is not only it exists, but there evidently exists a market for Sex Pistols fanny packs. I like it. And and I, have, I, I now regret not having purchased it. You, you should have, because my sister and I were actually talking about this before we were, we headed down to Disney. We were saying, you know what? Um, a fanny pack might be a good thing to have and a good thing to wear there just to have your hands free and that sort of thing. We ended up with string bags on our back, which worked much better because we had the kids' water bottles in it. But uh, if you had the fanny pack, you would no longer for sure need the phone holster. But but if you if even whether or not you had the phone holster, if you have the fanny pack and and you're using both hands to extend your your selfie stick, what's to prevent somebody from coming up and just unzipping your Sex Pistols bum bag, <laughs> and, reaching and, in and stealing something. and stealing what presumably are your American Express travelers checks that you keep in there? Right. Since it's it is 1979, if you're traveling with maybe that. the answer is to have a Batman like utility belt. So not only do you have your uh, cell phone holster, you have your wallet holster, you have your water bottle holster, you have what what else could you, you and possibly your children's passports need? fanned out like uh, like a like a like a poker hand? No, no, it would there would be a there would be a case to put it in that there would be a spot on your on your. You could be one of these people who wears a lanyard around their neck, carrying all of their important documents with them in a clear yeah, in a clear, in a clear lanyard. Thing, yeah, you would need a place for people's lighters. That would be good too. So, uh, so like, that's that's what we should. That should be Denny's next side hustle: is the utility belt. It's like when you're covering a major sporting or any sporting event, or at a convention or something, and, and you have the the press credential around your neck, the big laminated uh, press credential around your neck, and, and you get the feeling that some of the people actually don't take it off, and then you get back to the hotel or they shower in it. You know, that it's uh, they're just so proud of proud their... or, or or worried about losing it. That person is definitely wearing the holster for their cell phone. Our kids are at half-day sports camps this week, so we're going to start our quick version of viewer mail because I have to get off and and pick some of them up. But this was from Valerie, and I loved it. She said, At last night's final Little League game, one of the usual obnoxious dads hollered at his son to choke up on the bat more, and his son put down his bat, turned around, cupped his hands around his mouth, and shouted, I don't care! He is eight oh, and my new it. hero. So <laughs> I love it. Since our son is at a terrific baseball camp this week, uh, there you go. Maybe they're teaching the kids to put their bats down and yell, I don't care. Bravo, kid. Um, our staff birder, Denise in Glastonbury, writes, um, see attached from the past Sunday's Hartford Current crossword. It, while we were both on separate vacations, the... Uh, the Sunday crossword puzzle that ran on the Hartford Current had um, 20, 20 across was the clue, and it was uh, 2017 Basketball Hall of Fame inductee Rebecca. Yay! I made the Hartford Current crossword. It's um, that's a good last name to have in a crossword though, because aren't you always looking for things with double vowels? Well, and... you know, I'll just tell you what it, what 
the answers that Lobo intersected with. So Lobo was um, was uh, twenty across. The words going down were Alp, Hose, Abyss, and Bachi. So the second letter of each of those words, Alp, Hose, Abyss, and Bachi, formed the uh, down letters going through Lobo. I don't know what those clues were, but uh, bravo. I'm in good company. Yay of the Abyss. We have a framed crossword puzzle in one of the bathrooms here. In our daughter's bathroom. That, that wasn't completed, but you're, you're a clue in that as well. Yes. What uh, are the other options? New Mexico, sports teams, uh, Spanish 70s for Wolf. band that, uh, Spanish for Wolf. Yeah. Here's one from uh, Laura. She said a few, a few weeks ago, she wrote to us to say she was listening to our podcast on the way to a job interview. Remember, she talked about our soothing voices and she was listening to it on the way to her interview. She sent us an update. She said she got the job after negotiating back and forth for a while, she accepted the position this week. So she said we're now her lucky podcast. She negotiated back and forth. When's the last time? Like, you are the anti-negotiator. You won't negotiate anything. Like, when's the last time you negotiated the price of something? Negotiated anything? I don't, I don't, I don't put myself in situations that require negotiation. Like you, that's one thing that you would, you'd rather, rather almost do anything else I, I, I will than tell, I will tell the guy, something. no, don't, don't, at the car dealership, don't, don't go back into the other room with your styrofoam cup of coffee to talk to your boss. This is, I, life is too short for me to deal with this BS. Just let me pay the higher let price. Let me pay a, a 28% premium for this, this damn thing opposite, so I can get out of here. The opposite of your father who used to, whenever he was buying Lived a car. For loved it. Loved Lived it, for it. Threatened to leave the dealership. Threatened to leave the dealership. My first car, he he grabbed me by the by the collar and forced me to walk out of the dealership with him. The the car salesman ran out, thinking he had a deal closed, and sort of spread eagled himself across the hood of our departing vehicle, like the uh, like the thunder chicken on a Trans Am. And we were driving away with a guy uh, pounding on the hood for us to come back. He called me the next day, apologizing. I'm sure it saved me a hundred dollars on the sale price. I know price your of the father car. didn't call apologizing. No, 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 no. no, no. Of course not. The salesman called the next day. <laughs> what can we do to put you behind the wheel of this? A Nissan today. What, were you, you know, horrified, horrified that your father uh, pulled you out of there? The, the this worst, is so yes. the anti, the anti you. I, I, I would just love to be a fly on the wall. There were several of them. You, you, it would be so easy. Someone would, you know, throw something at you, and and, and instead of you negotiating, it would be okay. <laughs> Greg from uh, I don't know where Greg is from, but Greg sends a screenshot. It, it requires no explanation. His header is just 1F, and it's a, a screenshot from, I don't know if there's an email or what, but uh, it's not a typo. It's a, it's 1F, a, it's he a couldn't graphic. give an F? 1F, it's Jeff. Jeff with 1F, J-E-F. And that's not a typo because it's part of some logo. That's perfect. Phyllis in Oklahoma writes, my 87-year-old mother was the captain of her high school basketball team. This is in, in the context of something else, but uh, 87 years That's pretty old. amazing. That Good a, for her. I'm sure that was back when you couldn't cross half court. It was six on six, and you either played offense or defense, but not both. Required to wear bloomers, probably, and a phone holster. Yeah, and that was a that was a corded phone. <laughs> so you couldn't stray too far from your you, kitchen you wall. You definitely couldn't pick and roll. You couldn't roll. Jane says, "I'm sorry you didn't have a more celebratory experience after the 1995 championship." We lived in stores, and I remember it being a really big deal. The local TV stations covered the crowds waiting at Bradley for your plane to land. Like minutes upon minutes, maybe hours of crowd shots, interviews with people in the crowd. She says, I was home alone with two kids or probably would have gone too. When we returned from in 1995, our plane landed, 
and there were 5,000 people at the airport um, waiting for us. Actually, that might be an exaggeration. There were a couple thousand people waiting for us at the airport uh, on the other side of this chain link fence to where we came in on, from the private plane. Went over, said hello to them. On the 45-minute drive from the airport to stores, there were people lining the highway. This is 1995. It was so reminiscent of the scene when O.J. Yeah, from the previous year, 1994, of O.J. Simpson in in Al Cowling's Ford Bronco driving down. There were people who had written congratulations in 1995 champs on sheets that were on the overpasses as we're driving on Route 84. Like something I'd never seen. All of us were on a bus like, what is going on? We pull into campus. The police are waiting for us. Gamble Pavilion is full. There's not a seat in the house. We go in there and um, there's this speaking ceremony that lasted maybe 35, 40 minutes. We find out later that every single one of the local channels, uh, NBC, ABC, CBS, Fox, all of them had broken into their regularly scheduled programming, which was the afternoon on a weekday, so soap operas, and were showing live first helicopter shots of our of our bus ride to Gample, and then the ceremony at Gample was live on every major net on every one of the networks. It was unbelievable. It was you know you you wouldn't see anything like that now. Not only because UConn's already done it eleven times, but it was just remarkable. And there but, had to be some livid people when when they broke into their stories that afternoon. Oh yeah, because it's you know they're going to completely miss whatever the one life the storyline was. Um, so anyway, Jane also says, I know you've wondered about the age demographic of your audience, and in your last podcast referred to your listeners as middle aged. You might be encouraged to know that my twenty two year old listens to you, and her uh, other daughters who are twenty five and twenty nine listen too. So yay, we have some millennials other than Denny with one N who and, listen to the podcast. And they're going to be really into this discussion of the AARP bum bags this week. <laughs> yes, they are. And the sex pistols. You said you have a picture of that that I will be posting, a picture yeah, yeah. of the sex pistols uh, bum bag. Bum bag. Right. Rebecca in Washington writes, um, oh, she, she uh, requested swag and we sent it out and uh, we sent it out to uh, Turnwater, Washington. In fact, she says there is no Turnwater the, uh, the name of the place is Tumwater, T-U-M-W-A-T-E-R, which means waterfall and is derived from the Chinook language. This brings me to an interesting point. That is, I'm the one addressing those envelopes, sending out the swag, the, the fridge magnets and whatnot. And I was thinking as I was doing this the last time how much I appreciate short addresses and what a rarity short addresses are. It seemed to me 20th century mid 20th century, you had a lot of, you know, three Oak Street, five Main Street, but I seem to be addressing a lot of things now to, you know, 1174, 11749 uh, Johnson Ridge Terrace, you know, Mackenzie's Landing, Tennessee, with a, with a, a nine digit zip code. Uh, and it, it got me thinking of other kind of weird addresses that I've known over the years. And we have one here in Connecticut, not too far from our house, that, it, that the street is Satan's kingdom. Yes. And That's, imagine imagine getting a pizza delivered. You know, yeah. It could, it's a whole recreational area, Satan's kingdom. Yeah. I think it's where you can go and you can ride on um, inner tubes down the down the river and stuff. So where are you guys going for fun today? I'm going to Satan's kingdom. As distinct from also nearby, Sodom Mountain yes. Campground. Sodom Mountain yeah. Campground is in the town where I grew up, Southwick, Massachusetts. You talk about street names. I grew up on Claus Anderson Road. 
So every time my mother, you know, would be giving somebody an address and then would have to spell out Claus Anderson Road. They should think about these things when they when they name the streets so that people who have to then order pizzas and, and write out Claus address addresses. Claus Anderson should have shortened his last name. Claus. Just Claus Road. Uh, my friend, uh, the late great Sports Illustrated photographer Vijay Lavero lived in uh, Orange County, California in a neighborhood that was entirely made up of Sussex streets. Sussex Road, Sussex Circle, Sussex Terrace. He called it the Sussex Vortex. And again, it was impossible to get a pizza delivered because all of the streets had the same name. We have more viewer mail, but we'll save that for, for next week. Um, we'll catch up. I just wanted to mention, since we, we talked about sending out the swag, there are still, I think, 10 states that are swagless. We've, we've got swag sent to the United Kingdom, swag sent to Canada. Uh, we've, I sent swag this week to Alaska. But uh, here are the, would you like to hear the hateful states, the I hateful would, eight? Yes, I would like the, the 10. 10 or 11. I, I, I would like them. to hear the, the 11 who have not requested bereft, swag. Bereft of swag. They are. I'll move east to west. They are Delaware. That west, surprises me. That's, that's a small state. I, yeah, I got I to gotta talk to Elena Deladon about getting some of her people to request some swag. West Virginia? I, I don't know anybody there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, four contiguous states, Arkansas, Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama. The deep south, as it were. Um, those don't surprise me. Two contiguous to Minnesota, Iowa and North Dakota. Yeah, that, I, I would expect nothing, nothing less from Iowa and North Dakota. Really? I'm kidding. I, I expect a lot more from my I'm people kidding. in Minot and uh, why not? And Sioux not? Falls. Oh no, Kansas, that's South Dakota. <laughs> Kansas. Arizona. Arizona. No, and Hawaii. no, no people in Phoenix. No uh, Mercury. Scottsdale. Fans. Perhaps, know, perhaps Tempe. Like the Phoenix Mercury What about fans? Flagstaff? Yeah, none, none of them. So that's it. So we, we'll, we'll be in all 50 as soon as the hateful 10, the hateful 11 um, come called. through. <laughs> I think the apathetic 11 would be apathetic more. Apathetic 11, there we go. And, well, we can reconfigure that, that uh, name as, as that number goes down again. Anything else uh, we need to address here? There's one last thing we're going to address, and it is this. I'm sitting here looking at you, and you're wearing your glasses circa 2000 and what, 10? I like those glasses. And my Sex Pistols bum bag. Yes. Um, but in, uh, in episode 26 of the podcast, um, we talked about how I accidentally broke your glasses they yeah. were on the floor. I stepped, stepped on, on them and, they, and I broke them. You never liked them. so. But it was not intentional. But I mentioned in that podcast, um, I said, it'll probably be six to eight weeks before you've gotten a new pair of, of glasses. I'm guessing it's going to be a good six to eight weeks before you actually buy a new pair of glasses. No, six to eight weeks before I, I go, yeah, purchase a new pair of glasses. Another another eight to 12 weeks before I actually get those glasses, right. unless I guess get them But it's going to be hour. that long before you actually go and sit down and try, try them right. on. It has now been, I think, eight or nine weeks. When are you going to actually go and get a pair, a new pair of glasses that are the correct prescription instead of, instead of wearing these that aren't the correct 
prescription. Well, I mean, uh, when at what point? Uh, at this point, isn't seeing enough to make you get off well, your tush something, and go? Something life changing happened since that podcast, and that was I received a monocle from my monocle dealer. And now I'm thinking instead of getting glasses, I I get a second monocle, and <laughs> Just, I walk around with my face in a clench all day. The complete clench. This is this is this goes even beyond cleaning out the fridge and stuff before we go on vacation. It's been eight weeks okay. since you broke your glasses. You're not seeing the world the way you will, should be will, seeing it, and you have not gone. Will you be here tomorrow to mine the store while I go get new glasses? I I fly out to Seattle tomorrow okay, night. Okay. But until the then, next day. I'll be in Seattle. Okay. Well, the this, next is, this day. is why. No, yeah, it's not nonsense. why. It's you you're telling me there's you haven't found 2 hours in the last 8 weeks to go and try on some glasses and order a pair of glasses. You cannot push this onto me. Well, if if our if if my monocle dealer is listening. <laughs> Send him a second no, monocle. Then I don't need to get glasses. Tom Dick and Harry end this. Play us out. <laughs> Saying says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Six of us and the family pet live in the cuckoo nest. Daily grind puts your sanity to a daily test. Androgynous and vigorous, what we give for a little rest. Stay by day just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane.